again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. Sunshine and heat. You're keeping good company with WATH. Ah, yes, a Friday edition. 64 degrees and sunny at the moment. Headed up to another 20 degrees or so. No mention of rain tomorrow, but there is a slight chance on uh, Sunday. But tomorrow it's supposed to be 90. My oh my. Another testy day of mowing grass in the heat. Scott, I had a weird thing happen to me yesterday. I No. Again? <laughs> well, hear the story first. Oh, least. okay. Okay, so a neighbor of ours gave me um what would you call it? A um a stand uh, oh suddenly i can't think of the word for it but it's it's a stand with a cover over it and it's probably um covers like it's meant to go over a grill um it stands probably 8 feet tall 5 feet deep and a canopy yes thank you thank you and it's like made out of metal, and then there's fabric on top and all that sort of thing. Um, and I put it all together and then decided, you know, I really don't have a place for this. <laughs> Nor do I particularly need it. <laughs> so where where was this standing after you put it together? Well, on the deck. Okay. Uh, on, on the um, the deck, the large deck. Yeah, okay. So I took it all apart again, and it's been sitting on the deck for a couple weeks, and I finally decided to take it to uh, to Goodwill, right? Okay. And uh, it, the pieces are long enough and all that I had to put it in the old trailer that we have with a license plate that's uh, expired in 20. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize that till yesterday. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and I hauled it from my house out here to Goodwill. You know, and when I turned the corner off of my my residential street, I thought I heard something. And so I got to Goodwill and gave them all the parts and everything, and it included a bag of hardware to all the screws and nuts and bolts that you need and everything. I realized I was missing a 
one of the sections. <laughs> Was it laying with a bucket of paint that spilled on the road? Next to one. So I drove back home, and sure enough, it was in the middle of the st- uh, East State Street. Um, and I even, in, while I was present, three cars r- drove over it because it's, it's it's only an inch metal. Yeah. So I waited until there was an ease in the traffic, then walked out in the middle of the road and fetched it. I'm going to take it over there and give them the last piece today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Did I thought you were going to say something about your expired tags. No, 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 no. I, I. Well, that's good. You dodged that one. Pat, uh, Pat took care of all that stuff. And I, that obviously, since it's not parked at home. It's something we keep here at the station. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, the old wood tra- uh, yeah. wooden uh, trailer in bag. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So oh. was that section damaged then? When no, when not at all. Cars rolling not over? Not the least bit. Wow. Yeah. So That's good. Well, hopefully somebody can put it to good use. Yeah. And that's the whole point of it. Right? Yeah. Speaking of paint buckets, what what is this about this area like how many have you seen now two now i've seen three three this i can't tell you where i saw the third where's the second one the second one is if you go white paint right yes if you go past uh like if you're coming from applebee's and you go underneath 33 okay to turn left to go up on the entrance Mm -hmm. to 33 instead of keep going straight on East State Street. You turn left right there by Bob Evans. Mm-hmm. There's a bucket of white paint yes. that has fallen off and spilled all over the pavement again. Not as bad as this one oh, out no. here, but uh, still. There's a couple paint slicks around town, so be yeah. careful. Hopefully it's dried by now, but oh, yeah. I'm not going to take that chance. But <laughs> I'm like, is this the paint bucket dropping region of Ohio now with full buckets of paint? Well, temporarily at least. Yeah. But uh, of course, wh- the yellow bucket was a five-gallon bucket. Oh yeah. And uh, the white one that you just described was just a, a gallon. Yeah. Or what, whatever you call it, regular size can. Yeah. But still, they man, they make a mess. If it's wet and you drive over it, mm. you know, just get splattered on the quarter panels of your vehicle, and then that stuff is not easy to remove. So be aware of paint buckets falling. Well, look here. <laughs> it says it's National Paint Bucket <laughs> Falling Day. How about that? Just in time. That's why they're all falling. Yeah. June 24th it is, folks. To commemorate the Paint no, Bucket Drop Day. Yeah. It's also National Pralines Day. Candy. Okay. National Take Back the Lunch Break Day. Now, why would you have that? I don't know. Did did it go somewhere to take it back? And National Take Your Dog to Work Day. We've had a number of employees who did that. Yeah. And then I used to bring in Opie, right? Ah, uh, yeah. He was cool. Boy, we miss Opie. 
Yeah, Opie would share. For those of you that don't, maybe you remember Opie would share a little food item with me every now and then, and he would sit there just as pretty as could be, and I say, "Come on." Didn't even have to tell him. Sometime hold it down there, and Opie was a dachshund, and um, primarily black, but some brown features, and um, such a sweet dog. Oh my goodness, yes, gentle as could be, very loving dog. And you know, Doxies. Um, one of the weaknesses of a dachshund is their back. And indeed, I'm saddened to say that Opie broke his back. And that's what caused us to have to put him down. Yeah, he was a good little fella. He took that food so gently from mm-hmm. my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you get a, an animal that will just jump at it. Not Ope. <coughs> he was very gentle. Yep. Took it there and was sit, like. Sit right down here. Yeah. He loved my peanut butter and cheese crackers. <laughs> I, I, is peanut butter. I thought I heard something that peanut butter is not good for dogs. Well, not if they get it stuck in their teeth or their mouth somewhere, or their tongue. Oh well, I'm gonna look now. Yeah, do that. Is peanut butter? What What are things you shouldn't feed dogs? Is peanut butter okay for dogs? In the meantime, we'll go on with uh, on this day in history. And again, I mentioned it's June 24th. Um. In the year 1497, John Cabot claims Eastern Canada for England. But he evidently was under the thought that he had found Asia in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Oops. Oops. A little bit off of that yeah. compass there. Maybe Fifth, he was holding yeah. the compass upside down. Now we go to 1509 A.D. when Henry VIII. Henry VIII. There you go. Something you like got that. it, Henry VIII. Anyway, he's crowned King of England in Westminster Abbey, London, on this date. 1793, the first Republican Constitution in France adopted. Okay, this raises all sorts of things in my head. When you talk about Republican, and I, of course, that's a political party I didn't know that the Republican Party or a, uh, I assume this is a political party in France I didn't know there was one also named the Republican Party the Republican Constitution interesting Going on, 1812, Napoleon Bonaparte's Grand Army, numbering half a million, begin their invasion of Russia by crossing the Neiman River. Incidentally, the Republicans is a center-right, liberal, conservative political party in France, largely inspired by the Gaullist 
tradition, it holds pro-European views. And so here we would say it's Republicans are conservatives. There they were saying the opposite. They were liberal conservatives. How does that happen? I don't know. Either one or the other, aren't you? Seems like it's in In contradiction. Well, conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it probably was in conflict. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's move on here. 1853, the U.S. president, who was Franklin Pierce, signs the Gadsden Purchase. What was it? It was it purchased twenty nine thousand six hundred and seventy square miles from Mexico for ten million bucks. And the two states that that would mostly encompass are today that of Arizona and New Mexico. Ten million bucks. In 1901, on this date, the first exhibition by Pablo Picasso, who was 19 at the time, opens in Paris. And I guess the last thing we have to mention is uh, 1930, on this date, the first detection of airplane using reflected radio waves, a precursor to what today we call radar. And that was uh, accomplished by the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory engineers in Anacostia, Washington. Oh, I forgot to... Anacostia, okay. That's a part of Washington, D.C., actually not the state of Washington. Okay. Time for your help. Okay, here's some help about that peanut butter before we get into Oh, yeah, what what birthdays? Foods, what what foods are not a good idea for dogs? Well, I I just did peanut butter. So mm-hmm. it, it is perfectly safe for dogs. Really? Yeah, as long as it is in moderation and does not contain xylitol. So, how do we know that? Well, you have to look at the label because xylitol is a sweetener to see the ingredients. Okay, that's um xylitol is a natural sweetener, so it possibly could be an organic peanut butter. Let's look at um what's the most famous peanut butter? Jif? Jif. Okay. Yes. Or Peter Pan, wasn't that a big one when I was a kid? Yes, it is. Well, anyway, just see if Jif has xylitol. Jif peanut butter products do not contain the ingredient xylitol. Okay. Can dogs eat Jif? Yes, they certainly can. Okay, and one more. Peter Pan. Okay. Does peanut, Peter Pan peanut butter contain xylitol? Uh, it does not. The most popular brands of peanut butter, such as Jif, Skippy, Smuckers, and Peter Pan, are all xylitol-free. There you go. How about that? How about that? Which peanut butters contain xylitol? Oh, 
Now you got one that does. Okay. Yeah, some brands that we know that contain xylitol, uh, xylitol are Go Nuts, Hanks Protein Plus, Peanut Butter, Crush Nutrition, Nuts and More, and P28. And um, you know what? I have not heard of any of them. I was just going to say the same thing. All right. <clears throat> Famous birthdays. Um, Ambrose Bierce, B-I-E-R-C-E. He was born on this date in 1842. He died in 1914. What was his thing? Ambrose Gwinnett Bierce was an American short story writer, journalist, poet, and American Civil War veteran. His book, The Devil's Dictionary, was named as one of the 100 greatest masterpieces of American literature by the American Revolution Bicentennial Administration. He also uh -huh. wrote uh, A Horseman in the Sky in 1889 and An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge in 1890. Okay, Ooh. let's go back to the very first thing, the, the dictionary of what? The Devil's Dictionary. Okay, look that one up. That, that intrigues me. It does. While we go on, uh, Jack Dempsey. How about that? Famous boxer. Yeah. Born on this date in 1895. <laughs> he died in 1983. Well, let's go to the Devil's Dictionary oh, first. Oh, you got it already. Yep, it is a satirical dictionary written by American journalist Ambrose Bierce consisting of uh, common words, and uh, it is followed by humorous okay, writing so, after that. So and satirical are these weird definitions. Are these weirds um, off-color or anything? Um, it does not say, but can you Can we get, use it? Cite an example or two. Is, uh, it sounds see. intriguing, like a book I'd like to have on the shelf. <laughs> um, initial reception of the book versions was mixed. Uh, it has been widely quoted and has also been called howlingly funny. Mm. So a lot of satire in this book. So, but we don't have an example. I do not see any. Okay. No, but uh, eh, that's satire and humor kind of go hand in hand. Circle that. Oh, no, you can't. That's online. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, can uh, I, let me see here. Can I remember here? Ambrose Bierce. I'm going to circle this guy. Okay. I've got, I've got some examples here. Accuracy in this dictionary is a noun, a certain uninteresting quality carefully excluded from human statements. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> we have a lot of that going on in, shall we say, shall I say, politics? No, I did not say that. Accuser. Here's a definition for accuser. <laughs> yeah. One's former friend, particularly the person for whom one has performed some friendly service. <laughs> I like that I, wait, one, too. I lost that one. One's former friend, particularly the person for whom one has performed some friendly service. 
And the, that's the definition of? Accuser. Accuser, okay. <laughs> One's former friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I might, might like this book, too. I thought so. Here we go. A definition for acorn. A small nut about which cluster the American patriots' hopes of a navy. <laughs> it makes tyranny tremble. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> okay. This is pretty funny. Yeah. Okay, two two more birthdays uh, to mention. Horatio Kitchener. Uh, K-I-T-C-H-E-N-E-R. Born in 1850 on this date. Died in 1916. Military guy. Horatio Herbert Kitchener was an Anglo-Irish senior British Army officer and colonial administrator. What, you may ask, was he famous for? Field Marshal Horatio Herbert Kitchener was famous for colonial victories in the Sudan and South Africa. Later, he helped build Britain's first mass army and became the face of the First World War when he appeared on Your Country Needs You poster. The last uh, birthday to mention. And this is uh, someone still quite alive, Lionel Messi. Celebrating his 35th birthday today. You might know him as a soccer player. Indeed I do. Also known as Leo Messi, is an Argentine professional footballer who plays as a forward for the Ligue 1 club Paris Saint-Germain and captains the Argentina national team. Two famous deaths to mention today. Carlos Gardel, G- uh, G-A-R-D-E-L. He was born in 1890. He died on this date in 1935. Carlos Gardel was a French-born Argentine singer, songwriter, composer, and actor, the most prominent figure in the history of tango. Wow. He was one of the most influential interpreters of the world popular music of the first half of the 20th century. You know, I have some friends that I met a couple years ago, and we've become rather good friends. They live down in uh, the Pomeroy Middleport area. And they're all about dancing. They go to all sorts of events and dance. And I mean, you mentioned the tango. And, you know, there's all these different styles of dancing. And they teach people how to dance. I've never been very comfortable dancing. But I sort of have had an interest in learning a few things from them. And I I hope to do that yet. Well, didn't you do a little soft shoe in one of your productions in oh, the yes. Worthington area? Yeah, the, no, that was Columbus a, area. Columbus Junior Theater of the Arts. Yeah. I, I was in a show that Sis Bloom wrote called Who's Horace? And I actually had the lead. And yes, I had to do a soft shoe across the stage. But <laughs> that's the only... St- and I I could still do it. 
It was very simple. Okay, Grover Cleveland is the last person we have to bring up. He died on this date in 1908, but was born in 1837. Stephen Grover Cleveland was an American lawyer and politician who served as the 22nd and 24th President of the United States from 1885 to 1889, and then again from 1893 to 1897. Cleveland is the only president in American history to serve two non-consecutive terms in office. And, and who knows, we may see another one here in a oh. couple years. Yeah. Who knows? Folks, I um, uh, I think most of you may recall, if you've been involved with the Copperheads at all, that um, I enjoyed, was it uh, 16 years or 17? Whatever it was, from the very beginning, I was keenly involved with the Copperheads up until just before COVID. Um, oddly, I've not attended a game until last night. Well, of course, there was a couple years there where they didn't have games because of COVID, right? Yes. But uh, the Athens um, Midday Rotary Club, the, the, the one that's been around the longest, there's also a morning Rotary Club. Uh, they held a social event last night at the Copperheads game. And so I decided to go. And let me tell you, they're doing a good job. And um, it's a little bit been a tough start for the Copperheads this year. They haven't had all that many wins, but last night it was uh, seven to what? Six to two. Six to two was the final. And um, again, it's uh, such a great experience for our students from the uh, Sports Administration program and other programs, College of Business and so on. And uh, so way to go, everybody. Way to go. I'm glad you're keeping it as cool as it always has been. Good. Well, good you enjoyed yourself last night getting together with your group there. and Great night for baseball. I went with Don Fucci. Oh, yeah? And, um, <laughs> Was he uh, snapping photos? Yes, of the Rotary Group. Uh-huh. Now, you know, for 11 years, he was the head photographer for the Copperheads. Yep. I had him do all of that. Yep, Dad was before dawn. That's right. Chuck uh, Chuck Daly was. Yes. In fact, there, I think there might even have been a year or two they both were. Working. Yeah, I think they overlapped there. Yeah year or so but you got some great photos out of that oh my what a what a collection yes. yeah i mean dad i think dad started being the photographer during the inception of the copperheads that's right and that's then right. uh continued on so you got great photos ever since the copperheads took off mm-hmm. anyway folks um i i encourage you to To, go, to support the Copperheads. There we go. I got it out. 
uh, it's a great thing for our community and such a nice summertime activity. And uh, you'll see some great baseball. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you like baseball, both teams, Copperheads and the teams that come in oh, yeah. to play the Copperheads are some of the uh, top collegiate players in this region. During my years with the Copperheads, we had 55 Copperhead players that signed a pro contract. Think of that. Nice. Yeah. Good, good stepping stone here. And where do these players come from? Everywhere. We've had them as far away as California. And they come to Athens for the summer. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's see here. I guess the big story right now concerns guns, right? The Supreme Court yesterday struck down a New York a New York law restricting the ability of residents to carry firearms outside of the home. It was a 6 to 3 decision and it marks the most significant gun rights ruling by the court in more than a decade. The Supreme Court. Now let me make sure I got the wording on this right in my own head. They struck down a New York law restricting the ability of residents to carry firearms firearms outside of the home. So they're saying they may carry them, right? Yes. Previously, the New York law required residents to demonstrate a specific need to carry a gun outside the home, a measure in addition to obtaining a license of ownership. In the ruling... The court broadly found the right to carry a firearm for self-defense outside the home to be protected under the Second and Fourteenth Amendments. Observers say the decision has ramifications for a number of other states that have similar restrictions. Well, the ruling comes ahead of a highly anticipated decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson case which may potentially overturn federal abortion protections. Nine more opinions are expected to be released before the end of June including a number of um, including a number this morning beginning at um, 10 a.m. And that's uh, our our time zone, Eastern Time. And in related news, the Senate passed a bipartisan gun reform package last night by a vote of 65 to 33. And that legislation is expected to be approved by the House as well. All right. Another story 
This involves the Ukraine. And it says that the Ukraine inches toward EU. Now that stands for European Union. It reads, European leaders, European Union leaders, formerly designated for, formally designated Ukraine as a candidate for membership. That's an initial step in a years-long process for the country to potentially join the 27-member bloc. The move comes four months into Russia's invasion of the country. While membership in the EU confers political and economic benefits, whether countries must provide military defense for the other member nations facing armed aggression remains a subject to debate. Moldova, which neighbors Ukraine to the southwest and was part of the former Soviet Union, was also granted candidate status. Russia has slowly but steadily consolidated its hold on much of Ukraine's eastern Donbas region. Officials estimate Russian artillery strikes are killing between 100 and 200 Ukrainian troops and injuring 500 more each day. Well, let's see here. And I'm sure you're familiar with this January 6th hearings. Again, this is being widely publicized and even carried live on some channels. The House Select Committee investigating the events surrounding the storming of the U.S. Capitol last January 6th held its fifth in a series of public hearings yesterday afternoon. The Democrat-led panel focused on efforts by former President Donald Trump and his aides and allies to pressure and leverage the Justice Department to pursue allegations of voter fraud in the 2020 election. Among other revelations, Witness testimony revealed at least four GOP lawmakers who sought preemptive pardons following the election. Separately, department officials threatened to resign en masse over an effort to promote Jeffrey Clark, who's an environmental lawyer and a Trump ally, in the lead-up to January 6th. The FBI searched Clark's home Wednesday, reportedly seizing documents and electronic devices. And in related news, subpoenaed documentary footage of the 2020 Trump campaign has been purchased by Warner Brothers Discovery, it will stream on Discovery Plus later in the summer as a three-part series 
and they mentioned that a trailer, it's a teaser, I would call it, was released yesterday. Let's see here. I guess that's enough out of that report. About nine minutes remaining today in this week's version of the party line. Remember, I just happened to think, how did the co how did the show How was it that we named the show The Party Line? Now, in the old days of telephones, um, you had this big contraption on the wall. It had a hand crank on it that would... You'd uh, take the earpiece off and put it up to your ear and stand next to this item that was kind of like a microphone and then you would twirl it crank it and it would get the operator's attention that's right a live person and then you would say would you please ring and then you give it the number and they'd patch you through I can remember saying I need to make a person-to-person -person call. So they only charged me if that person was available. And long-distance fees were a definite part of our bills. You could call locally, and that was covered under your basic bill, but not long-distance. I have no idea, I can't recall, and I didn't live down here at the time, but if Athens called Gloucester, would that have been long distance? I don't know. Uh, I think it was, yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think Athens went as far as the Plains and Chansey. Okay. I think that was it. Well, on a party line, you could also, uh, <coughs> people shared lines. So you might take that earpiece off its hook and put it to your ear and hear someone talking. And then you would hang up, typically. Um, well, I really needed to take that call. Um, oh, well. I'll call him here in a minute. I won't... We've got uh, six minutes remaining. Okay. <clears throat> that's our uh, the guy that's mowing the grass out at our AM transmitter. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, you probably need to take that one. <laughs> um, so he doesn't hit anything yeah. he's not supposed to. <laughs> anyway, party lines. So then later when you went to make your call, you'd li lift up that thing again, and if it was silent, then you'd twirl right 
But it could be that uh, a number of people that shared that line could listen in. And they said, you know, parties, right? You could have telephone parties. Anyway, the party line on 970 WATH 97.1 on FM as well. Isn't this, did I hear this one time, that this is the longest-running talk show on radio in the state of Ohio? Did did I hear that somewhere a few years ago? I believe that's true, but I also think it's now surpassed in a few other states. Um, Yeah, but I think this one is in Ohio. That's what I... Remember hearing anyway. I mean, that's that's true. But I think now there are a few other states that could be added to that list, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. How many years do you think the party line's been going on? Okay, I got to take this. Okay. Can you jump up here? I can do that. And uh, let's see. Okay. We can continue on. With uh, the party line observation. Yeah, I I intend on doing that. (laughs) I'm going to move right over to grab some information here. And some things that I had uh, to talk about the last time I did party line here. Solo. And um, I don't think we have time now to do it. Oh, well. So, uh, we'll, let me grab some things out of here. And one of them um, dealt with destinations. And excuse me for a moment, but uh, there, I think I have it now. Uh, one thing we talked about. Uh, since this is Friday, and you know that Dave and I are foodies, uh, too, so uh, there were some things in here that I thought was kind of interesting about uh, one article that mentioned the best sandwich in every state. And uh, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on Party Line, but uh, one of them from the state of, uh, of Ohio, well, the best sandwich anyway, and I'm flipping through here and getting the list as I'm killing time, which we don't have much of now. But uh, if you happen to miss this, the best sandwich uh, voted on in the state of Ohio was a Cleveland tradition since the 1940s, uh, kielbasa sausage sandwich. Skips the sides. And has coleslaw and fries right on the roll. So I do like a good kielbasa sandwich. And um, then as I moved on to our other areas here, close to Ohio, uh, in our neighboring state of West Virginia, um, they voted the pepperoni roll the best sandwich here. And so with this being a Friday and a free-for-all, I just uh, jumped around to different states here uh, across the area. And uh, Texas, what would you guess that would be? 
It is a beef brisket, juicy, slow-smoked brisket, often cured with coffee and served with pickles, cheese, or jalapenos. Satisfies even the Lone Star-sized appetites. Well, how about that? All right, now we'll go to uh, neighboring state, Pennsylvania. I'm going to guess it's a cheesesteak without even looking. And as I look here to Pennsylvania, and indeed it is a cheesesteak. Who would have thought steak sliced so thin could create a divide so wide? But the Pats versus Geno's rivalry, uh, the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia, as do dreams of provolone or cheese whiz, and wit or without onions in the Philadelphia way of uh, accents right there. Would you like it wit or without? I want it wit. <laughs> and North Carolina, they uh, have some pulled pork here with vinegar and pepper. Tar Heels assert that their state is the birthplace of barbecue, much to the annoyance of their Carolinian cousins to the south, which, uh, I don't know, North Carolina barbecue is pretty good. So they stay true to their original barbecue recipe by basting their pork in a thin vinegar sauce seasoned with red pepper. I have had that, and it is delish. All right, we'll go to New York before we have to close out here. We've only got about 20 seconds left. Uh, New York, pastrami on rye. Don't sit down. I no thanks for me. Uh, I'll pass on the rye bread anyway. So, Dave, you ready to close out? You got... 15 seconds. 10, 15, whatever. Hey, Eight, folks, have seven, a great weekend. <laughs> and uh, um, we'll see you on Monday, right? Yes. How about that? In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. All eyes are on the Supreme Court this hour, which could begin releasing opinions any minute now. Correspondent Peter King says one involves a law that legalized abortion. The most anticipated ruling is the abortion case that could eventually overturn Roe v. Wade. Other cases involve the EPA and whether its regulatory power is limited by Congress, a high school football coach's First Amendment rights to lead his team in prayer, and whether or not the Biden administration can end migrant protection protocols at the southern border. Yesterday, the court struck down a New York law requiring gun owners to obtain permits to carry concealed weapons in public. Last night, 15 Senate Republicans joined 50 Democrats to pass a bipartisan gun control bill. Among those GOP lawmakers, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. I think it's a significant step in the right direction. The House is expected to pass the legislation today and send it on to President Biden. Three former Justice Department officials testified at yesterday's January 6th hearing and said former President Trump pressured them to try to overturn the 2020 election results. They claim he threatened to replace some of them if they didn't. CBS News Chief Political Analyst John Dickerson. This was not just about January 6th. This was a 78-day effort. The minute Donald Trump knew he lost the election, he worked for 78 days 
every possible way he could. I mean, it was like a burglar who first tries the front door, then the window, then the mail slot, then the dog door. Three uh, make that it is still sweltering in many parts of the country. Heat warnings and advisories are posted from Texas and Oklahoma to Florida. Some areas will see record-setting 100-degree temperatures. 